hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long. Uh, This is episode 193 of uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech. And joining me each and every week on Two Blokes Talking Tech is the man himself from techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. We're creeping closer to number 200. I think we need to sort of get the thinking caps on, maybe plan something special for that episode. We, we say that about every big episode. We should <laughs> we should, we should, should uh, consult the diary as like uh, big events come down the down the yeah. pipeline from uh, from vendors and we'll see whether there's something we can get to and get people to or something. But yeah, would, you, would it surprise you this is our 112th hour of podcasting? I mean, that's how much no, podcast content we've recorded um, it's tragic. It's tragic that I did the calculations, but we're 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 at, <laughs> we've just literally at this moment passed 112 hours of two blokes talking tech. Wow! So we are here a each and every week. Worth. Yes, it's a it's a lot of binge listening. It's almost a week. <laughs> if, if, if you're going to listen, that's a hell of a binge, and we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com today. We'll tell you about them shortly here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Apple's doing okay. Um, they, they, <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> they had their, their earnings call today. You know, this is big companies have to sit there and tell everyone how they're doing. And a couple of big takeouts. I mean, an $18 billion profit, the largest in the history of Apple, um, you know, with, without doubt fueled by the iPhone 6, 6 Plus and the, and the move uh, extensively into China. The other thing, mate, that I took out of it is their, uh, their cash balance. Uh, about 178 B for billion dollars sitting in the bank. I mean, yep. it's a fair interest earnings just on that. Uh, Absolutely. And, and to put that in perspective, they could give everyone in the world a $20 iTunes voucher and still have 20 or 30 billion left in the bank. Yeah. So well, you think about that. That's enough money for them to buy Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those companies, and still have 100 billion in the bank. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane what they could do with that money. And I think there is, I mean, we're not business journos. I don't know about your qualifications. I'm far (laughs) from it. But, you know, I think there is a bit of talk in the business world about why they keep that cash reserve and what they think they're going to do with it. Is it saving for a rainy day when things go downhill or is it just a a strategy? Who the hell knows? It doesn't really matter. I don't don't think it's, it's worth questioning because they clearly are doing an amazing job. I mean, <clears throat> revenue is is up year on year phenomenally. Uh, profit is up year on year phenomenally. Um, device sales, and this is the thing that that strikes me most, if, if I'm honest, about the Apple results is, you know, they don't break down iPhone six versus six plus versus five S and stuff like that. But iPhone alone, um, you know, almost eighty million devices sold in one quarter. Incredible. That's three months. And yeah. that is far and away, their best before that was about a year ago. Um, it was just over 50 million. So yeah. this is, this is huge growth. Though, 
where where they get their revenue, and obviously iPhone is the hero product. It's it makes up sixty nine percent of their revenue. Uh, second, way down on twelve percent was the iPad. Mm. That's quite a gap, isn't it? Sixty nine percent. Let's face it. Everyone, everyone, more people would want a phone than a tablet, I guess. So that's the reason why that is. But uh, another interesting thing I took out of this was that. Uh, I think Tim Cook was mentioning that there were a lot of uh, Android switches. He said there were more people than ever coming to iPhone for the first time with the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. I don't know how they measure Their larger screens, I think, was really attractive to the people who were tossing up whether to go Android or stick with iPhone. I think a lot of people made their decision to maybe leave iPhone because they were dazzled what they wanted, that bigger screen. And then once Apple kind of took that reason off the table with the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, then I think uh, they got not only those customers back, but then all those other people from Android as well. And the other thing that's really interesting as we move through this reporting season will be the the battle for smartphone supremacy because there's no doubt that Samsung is either stagnant, plateaued, or probably not in decline, but certainly I don't think they're seeing the growth year on year that Apple is. So will they be able to keep that title and are they probably more worried about what's coming below them? That's a good point, you know, because when Samsung released the Galaxy S5, uh, that really performed well below expectations. You know how That's they right. set themselves a target and, and based on year-on-year sales, I think that that wasn't quite the hero product they were hoping it was going to be. And I think what took the wind out of their sales was the larger screen iPhones. That's I think right. a lot of people, and, and you, you've heard people talking to about, about, oh, I'm thinking of going to a Samsung or Android because they want the bigger screen. So... Samsung, who normally sort of catch all these people, and, and obviously they build a decent device and they get people through their own way anyway, but normally sort of catch these people who fall through the cracks, who who have sort of fallen out of love with iPhone, that was that was eliminated this year with the bigger screen. And they managed to do, and, and I know they didn't break down 6 and 6 Plus. I think 6 obviously was, was a slightly more than 6 Plus yeah. as the more popular, the iPhone 6, the smaller device. But what Apple managed to do just in, in at, at their first attempt was to make that larger screen attractive. Hmm. Our Samsung have been producing uh, larger screens for years, as have other companies, and yet Apple come along and make it so that everyone wants to get their hands on it, so much so that there were there were stock shortages. These other companies must be knocking their heads against the wall thinking, <clears throat> what do we need to do? From a device perspective, people bag Apple for having, you know, the same thing for year on year and then and then innovating a little bit with the iPhone 5 size mm-hmm. screen size and then year year on year and then suddenly the 6 you got to give it to them if that's a strategy from a business business perspective it's genius because what Samsung did was go we're going to give 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 and people took 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 but now they're not yearning for it anymore so there mm-hmm. could be a real business strategy in that as well and and that's that I'm not going to take that away from Apple that's smart in my absolutely. book absolutely well, one one of the things that, that's worth noting as well, you mentioned the percentage yeah. um, sales. Um, let's let's spare a, a moment. We should have a minute silence for for the iPod, which you know in two thousand and six mm. in in this last quarter was fifty five point five five percent of the Apple revenue. Today, less than one percent. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Look what happened with, well, obviously, iPhones come along, yeah. iPod Touch has come along. It just well, shows. iPod Touch is being absorbed into the into the iPhone lineup, I guess. But um, You look at the growth of this company, though, and that's what staggers me. We, you know, people that worried would Apple continue to grow, well, hello? I mean, there's yeah. absolutely no sign 
that Apple is in decline in any way, shape, or form. Yes, you can say the iPod has gone down, but that's because it's it's a product no longer required because of their own um, dominance. Yeah. It, you could say the the iPod ha- the iPad hasn't performed perhaps as well as some may have expected, but that's a brand new product in in the world of you know business. It's it's five years old. It's simply we've discovered that the life cycle is four to five years, not two yeah. to three. I so, think what. what yeah. One other thing we need to point out here too is the um, the percentage of, of Mac sales that make up that pie yeah. chart. That's nine percent of uh, of their total revenue is through the Mac. Now, Ma- the Mac has been, and we're talking iMac, MacBook Pro, all all the computers here. They've been, I think, in year on year growth uh, outstripping the actual industry. So the, the the growth of Mac on their own is actually way above what the industry is doing. Yeah, uh, so plenty of PC that's companies. That's I think, the unsung would... hero. I think, yeah. you know, now that they've got the Retina iMac and the MacBook Pro with Retina, and there's, there's rumors they're going to have a 12-inch uh, laptop as well. Uh, I think that you're going to probably see that figure grow as well. Look, you, you can't argue with the success of Apple at this point. These figures demonstrate that. I don't really care how the share price went as a result. I'm sure it went up and down and, you know, crazy things. Um I don't find that stuff interesting. I find it interesting that a business is still growing uh, despite the competitiveness of this market. One one has to remember that a company the size of Sony is still struggling to push hard into the mobile market when, you know, here's a company mm. like Apple still continuing to, to, to grow. So, And you know what? It, we have to say, like, there, were, there were a lot of naysayers, you know, it's it's nearly, it's been more than three years now since since Steve Jobs has passed away. Yep. And there were so many naysayers thinking, well, you know, they thought that the sun would set on Apple because there's no one like Steve Jobs around anymore. And there were all these doubts. And Tim Cook just stood up to the plate and in what what... Whatever his his decision, his decisions have been the right ones. He's obviously had the 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 company has been quite. Uh, how can I say it? Sort of that that the the atmosphere of the company, the the DNA of the company is obviously uh, across all the level of executives there, including Tim Cook, uh, and him to take it forward like this. I think. Uh, really, I think a lot of doubters have been uh, had their mouths closed, I think, now. 100%. So a uh, stack of uh, good news there for Apple, and uh, it's only going to grow. Because, mate, the other thing we should quickly mention before we move on, the um, he, he mentioned in the earnings call that uh, he'd been wearing his Apple Watch every day and couldn't live without yeah, it, which was kind of like a, a massive tease. tease. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then, obviously, you know, the, the kind of business reporters are curious to know how the Apple Watch might impact on the next quarter. Well, he made that very clear by saying it, it's it's on track and due for um, shipment in around April. So clearly the next quarter won't include Apple Watch, which is interesting because it means the next quarter is pretty much nothing new. It's it's just growth in market. Yeah. So they'll they'll get a continuing boost in yeah. China because that, as they we, fulfill we demand. We should point out that that holiday, the, the, the quarter that we're talking about now is the holiday quarter, so the Christmas shopping quarter. Yeah. So that's obviously the big one. Year on year it's grown, obviously, but that's that's the big one. Don't don't think you'll see this similar size growth in the this this quarter now. The well, actually, the second fiscal quarter. This this is that we're in at the moment. Hmm. But um, yeah, interesting to see uh, those figures. Just astonishing, unbelievable. You are listening to two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Well, ANZ Stadium has uh, the is, uh, the site of the Sydney 2000 Olympics. That's almost 15 years ago. Can you crazy, believe how long crazy, ago that was? Crazy. The ANZ Stadium, also home to the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, the NRL 2014 Premiers, I should <laughs> add. Uh, the ANZ Stadium has the, become the only Australian finalist in the World Sports Technology Awards, which I think right. is a pretty big wrap for... Uh, the stadium. It's obviously a, a, a class venue. It, it's it had uh, some improvements in 2014. They installed a, a high speed Wi-Fi network. They also had what they called the connected lounge during the final series, which was this bank of uh, bank of TVs where you could watch live social media feeds and really sort of share the experience of being at the ground. But um, they're, they're they're now finalists for these awards. The awards will be uh, announced in on March 27. But the uh, the interesting thing is to see the other stadiums they're up against. Uh, these include the Barclays Centre in New York, which is quite a high-tech stadium, Stamford Bridge, which is home to the Chelsea Football Club, uh, and the Marylebone Cricket Club, the MCC as well. So oh. esteemed company there. Uh, whether they win or not, we don't know. But the entry was a combination of Telstra and ANZ Stadium, and I think one other company called Populous. So they sort of entered all this together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We may see that they they could get the cash here. What do you think, mate? I think that they have they've done a very good job in promoting what they've done. I think there hasn't been any great. Com- the thing I think is critical is they launched all this stuff and there hasn't been huge backlash in terms of problems with it, and that shows an effective implementation, which is critical mm. when you're bragging about something, you know. So absolutely, look, Stephen, why don't we give it a test on Saturday night? Why don't absolutely. you and I? Tweet and Facebook and Instagram to our heart's content during probably one of the biggest events. With respect, Stephen, even bigger than the grand final last year, the Socceroos <laughs> I doubt, taking I on. I doubt that. It won't be as big. It'd be nearly as big. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about the Asia Cup final on Saturday night. So the two blokes will be there. And uh, we will be giving the uh, free Wi-Fi a bit of a, a bit of a run around. But we should also mention that there's also plans for redevelopment out there. There's also going to be some improvements, including uh, two new 300 square metre LED video screens. That's some massive screens out there, and up to 2,000 IPTV digital screens, which will give uh, live, uh, if not apart from live event footage, it also shows stats uh, and, and and social media activity, things like that. But there will be eventually a time at ANZ where you can do things like ordering food to your seat, mm. uh, drinks and things like that. So they're really making use of that connectivity to give uh, the fans at the ground uh, some information as well as allowing them to share share the experience on social media. It's very cool stuff. You can read about the ANZ Stadium uh, entry into the World Sports Technology Awards at techguide.com.au. Now, you would have heard us bang on about this at, uh, at CES. The Arlo uh, smart cameras from Netgear are coming. They are coming very soon. And you can actually check them out now at netgear.com.au. Go to the home uh, section and you'll, you'll be taken to arlo.com forward slash au. And basically, Arlo is... Uh, I don't think I've actually anticipated a product as, as highly as this in some time because it is a no cords, no wires, no worry, world's first and the only 100% wire-free HD weatherproof security camera. Now, that sounds like a whole bunch of words, but let's let's break it down. 100% wire-free. There are no wires coming out of the camera. It has batteries in it. It is wireless to your network. It is high-definition video. It is weatherproof. You can put it outside 
pointing at the front of your house. You could have anything you like going on, and it's a great security camera coming this March. Uh, well worth checking out. Easy to install, easy to easy to view the vision on your on your mobile device. Motion alerts, cloud storage. Netgear is setting up Australian cloud-based um, storage for that. There, this is going to be a very hard product to compete with, and we're going to see huge growth in this market. And Arlo looks like being a leader from the get-go. Arlo, A-R-L-O from Netgear. Check it out at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I talked last week, mate, about uh, having interviewed the Civil Aviation Safety Authority about their their investigations on drones. And uh, as it turned out, just after that, I, I got a copy of a fine that a guy in Townsville had received... He was sitting there filming videos with his drone, putting them on YouTube, and someone rang Casa and said, hey, you might want to check these out. They went to YouTube. <laughs> they saw them. They rang him. They said, take them down. A fine's coming your way. And the fine was, it, it was like a school teacher, um, you know, writing to a naughty child because it was, mate, you've not only done something wrong, this is huge. We could have fined you multiple times. If you do it again, it's going to be big traumas. I mean, this is this is interesting on several fronts. One, people are being fined, and two, they're using YouTube as evidence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what? They didn't take my advice last week, Trevor. My advice was don't be that dickhead. That's right. This guy was that dickhead. So then move over to the US, uh, the White House, no less. And there's this an American bloke, dickhead. I mean, if you're talking about dickheads, this bloke's a dickhead. Mate, well, you think about it, though. Like, the White House, the most secure building in the world, a guy flies a drone over there. Like, you, you think the first – people were thinking, well, you could put anything in a drone. You could put a bomb on a drone. Yeah. So I I suspect – I don't know. Do you think it crashed or did they shoot this thing down? No, it crashed. snipers on the roof and, and all this sort of thing happening. So let's Any... paint the picture. It's 3 a.m. in the morning for a start, so it's pitch black which is, A, against the FAA regulations in the States. B, it's probably a controlled airspace, so that's against the regulations. This bloke is a government employee who is intoxicated. He's off his dial, and he's flying a drone. <laughs> so, mate, he's flying this thing. He's going, oh, yeah, look at this, look at this, and boom, it's gone into a tree. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this last week. There's, there's not going to be less of these drones. There's only going to be more. And all kinds of shapes and sizes, and and you're going to get the, what these people are thinking. Well, I could do, I can fly this up here, and let me try this, and mm, let me try that. Mm. And it's 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 kind of like the, the the more there are, and of course, the more we're going to hear about them. And it's not like there's suddenly people are turning stupid and then flying drones where they shouldn't be. It's now become a story that people are now looking out for. It's like it's it's kind of what I call my pit bull theory, where when you hear a story about a pit bull attacking a child. And then all of a sudden, the paper reports three others happening that week. It's not that pit bulls have suddenly started turning on the children. It's just that we're paying attention to them now. Yep. The same thing's happening with the drones. The, yep. This is the Drones are obviously a lot more popular now, but we are now, every single little story that involves a drone, we're hearing about now. Now, if it involves the White House, even better. So... We need to obviously use common sense when we're flying drones. There's going to be more of them coming out. There's there's already a, there's already always been a great number of them out there. We just weren't hearing about them. But um, God, yeah, the the goose of the year award goes to that dude at the White House. Yeah, one hundred percent. The two blokes talking tech goose of the year award to the government employee who's probably not an employee anymore, um, flying drones into the White House. You're listening to two blokes talking tech.
Well, it was a, it was only a couple of weeks ago we mentioned that uh, Cricket Australia became one of the first Aussie uh, uh, content, some of the first Aussie content you can view on Apple TV. Uh, well, no, uh, no sooner have we finished talking about that one than another has popped up, and that is Ten Play, which is Channel uh, Network Ten's catch up TV platform. It from today is available to be viewed on Apple TV, so you can watch programs from Channel Ten, Eleven, and One on demand. So this is catch-up TV in high definition, I believe, too. So uh, a, a, a great a great get for Channel 10, for Network 10, being the first free-to-air channel to be featured on Apple TV. I believe others are on the way, but to be the first, uh, that's not a bad title. It is, and, and it's critical for Channel 10 because you've got to remember, this is a... Uh... This is a battle of awareness. This is a battle of downloads. This is a battle of streams. This is a battle of advertising. And Channel 10 is not part of the uh, Stan Presto world. You know, Stan is Channel 9 and Fairfax. Presto is Channel 7 and Foxtel. So uh, Channel 10 really need to do something on their own to, to make this on-demand space work. So you'll find this is really important to them. They'll probably high-fiving around the offices of Channel 10 today. Uh, Rebecca Horn, who's their head of digital, would would have been very pleased to get this out first. And it's a, it's a milestone because it, 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 it further cements the idea that Apple TV is finally going to become a content hub outside of just iTunes content. And yeah. it's it's been visible to us for a long, long time because the icons have been there for US stuff, but useless to us because it's not really relevant. And now to start seeing really good Australian content, and, you know, I'm not actually a fan of the design of the apps. I think the, the Apple TV design guidelines are a bit bland and boring but they the t- the cricket stuff streams really fast um and, and that's what's critical is is just getting mm-hmm. quick and easy to use with that tiny little remote or your phone controlling yeah. it uh, it's a great great win for channel 10 mate let me ask you one other thing too though uh, obviously we're going to see the other networks coming across to apple tv but what about like will Stan and Presto? I know Netflix will be there, so Stan and Presto will obviously be coming on board too. Well, you can't say obviously about anything. I think that's critical because in the end, it's a decision. You look at Presto, for example. Why don't they have Apple TV support for for AirPlay? Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting, and it's probably because of their rights. Um, so and they Presto- also they're not in high definition, are they? Presto standard definition. Yeah, so there's a lot of little things like that which may relate to rights. It may relate to cost because they they just simply don't see the cost benefit in spending the money. You got to remember to develop an Apple TV app is a very unique set of skills. There's not many people building Apple TV apps out there, so it's not going to be cheap. And if you've got to spend fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, is it going to cause you a return straight away? Yeah. My information is you'll see Stan. Very soon, because but Stan already though Stan, uh, if you've got it on your iPad or your computer, you can you can stream it to Apple TV already. Totally, but what... as well as Chromecast. But uh, Presto only is compatible with Chromecast at the moment, not Correct. Apple TV. But Stan, I, I think having it built into the Apple TV, you've got to remember that Apple TV is one hundred and eight bucks, right? You don't need yeah. to have an iPad, an iPhone, or anything. You just buy that device, and so that opens up the world of Stan and other things to to people without even having a smartphone. So yeah. there's a real benefit to that. So I think you will see it very soon. I think this is a clear strategy by Apple to build the content base for the for the TV platform. Potentially, we'll see a new Apple TV device, not not kind of content or interface. And frankly, I think they need to follow uh, Google and they need to turn it into a very small dongle style thing because I've got to be honest, I've not played with Chromecast as much as I have in the last week and I find it to be sensational. Mate, my son, I've, I've put a Chromecast now uh, downstairs in the lounge room. 
Jackson said to me that night, I said, what did you do today, buddy? He goes, oh, I'm just watching Stampy videos on the Chromecast on the, in the lounge room. And I just went, whoa, yep. whoa, whoa, what, what just happened here? An eight-year-old just talked about watching YouTube videos on Chromecast in the lounge room, and he didn't have any problems with that. That that yeah. that made me go, this is easy. And, and it's only $49 too. That's not yeah. really too bad either. Yeah, yeah. So good news for Channel 10. And uh, and if you're a fan of uh, catch-up TV, then uh, turn on your Apple TV and look at 10 plays there now. Now, this is a bit of fun, Stephen. I discovered an update on one of my apps this week, uh, which you'll, you'll be familiar with, obviously, as one of the founders and, uh, and uh, directors and whatnot of uh, VoiceBite. Some very cool new features. Let me try and explain very briefly. Um, VoiceBite is the app where you can record um, short-form pieces of audio and share them on your social networks or within uh, VoiceBite, the app, to your friends and, and, and whoever's following you. You've, you've added a, a geotagging feature so that you can actually record VoiceBite that are only available when you're in that area. So let's let's give an example. Let's say Stephen and I, last week we were at the Andrew Boyd Charlton Pool there at an event. We could have recorded a voice bite there that said, you know, hi, this is the two blokes talking tech. You know, this is a voice bite. And you can only hear it if you're in that area. That's very cool, mate. It is, yes. Well, voice tagging, uh, as we call it, is uh, just that. You tag your location. You can locate your your voice bite to that particular area. You can set your range from 25 meters up to 500 meters. So it's useful for, you know, if you want to give someone directions, if you want to explain, uh, you know, a tourist attraction wants to explain the history of the attraction. Uh, retail stores could use it to talk to customers even before they've even stepped through their, their store. So there's lots of uses for it. Uh, I, I Another use I sort of example I give is, uh, you know, if you're on a golf course, you could potentially oh. a golf club could leave a voice tag on every tee of every hole and the pro talk, literally talking to you about the hole you're about to play. So there's lots of ways you can use it. still sticks to the 15-second recording times, but it could be used for music festivals. We've had interest from uh, already from music festivals and also uh, you know various other, other places, uh, whether it's retail stores or uh, tourist attractions. There are plenty of uses for it, probably ones we haven't even thought of yet. And that's the critical thing about voice voice bite. Generally, you can come up with the the back end technology. What people do with it is up to them. And uh, you know, I I quite enjoy doing the mystery sound stuff and playing around with that for competitions. I think we might uh, organise a little bit of a scavenger hunt, see if we can get some prizes. That's a on good offer. idea. But even another use I thought when I was in Vegas, I did a few voice tags when I was there. I had the de- the developer version. It wasn't the the real version. We were just still testing it. But potentially. Say I, I'm traveling to a city that I know maybe members of my family or friends are going to visit later in the year. I could leave a whole bunch of voice tags for them around the city and they can stumble upon them and find them and, I, and, and hear my voice tell them about cool restaurants or places to visit, attractions, uh, without me even being there. So it's a great little way to, to set these little audio uh, tags around wherever you are. And you, as I said, you can set the range and the duration too. You can set the time limit for the voice tag. It could never expire. It could only last a few days. That's up to you. But it's in the latest version, version 2.0.1, and it's available on iOS and Android. So both ready with voice tagging, ready to go. You can also, new feature is you can like voice bites now as well within the app. 
and you can also see the most popular voice bites based on play counts across oh, Twitter and Facebook. I'll have to check so if you're out. looking for the more most popular people sharing voice bites, you can do that in the search screen as well. Oh, I'm going to check that out because I know someone that does some really popular ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone okay. Come on. You got now. You're up there. Um, uh, what's it's only showing the last week or something? Is it the popular ones? It's only a black uh, well, it shows, yeah, the last, last four the days. Last, yeah, it's not popular of all time. It's the most recent ones. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, I'll have to come up with something. Um, <laughs> I'll give you two more uses before we move on. I just thought of um, uh, Stadium Australia. Yep. And Stadium. You could we're record. In, in, in talks with them already. So this weekend, we could, like, I could record the crowd cheering if the Socceroos win. And that becomes basically a time capsule. It sits there. Right. It's, a, it's a geotagged voice bite that, that lives forever for anyone that visits the stadium to revisit. And how about this one? My final one for you, Stephen. Every fortnight or three or four weeks when you're there watching the Rabbitohs, you could record your not only your match report, but maybe a prediction for the next game that expires after that next game. So people Absolutely. can go, you know, hey, well, come here's, on. Here's one other one for you. I know that you're into personal training and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, massively. Personal trainers could leave voice tags around a park or, or along a, a run to give their well, clients or anyone who wants to hear mm-hmm. uh, their instructions. So rather than the personal trainer actually being with you for your run or your training session, they can leave voice tags and, and they can be with you through VoiceBite uh, using their voices, recording their actual voices with uh, voice tagging. All right. If you haven't uh, had a look already, download the uh, VoiceBite app on Android and iOS. Um, you can follow myself, Stephen, and everyone involved in VoiceBite and uh, share us a VoiceBite. You can then share it with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. It's a fun app and uh, it's a big future ahead. Uh, two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And I listen with great interest to your first minute review, which involves making your car a bit more comfortable. Yeah, this is a device. Uh, I'm assuming it's it's pronounced cool car because that's, that's kind of what it provides you. This is a solar-powered device that can keep your car cool when it's parked in the sun. Now, how many times have you come back to your car, it's been in the sun oh, for hours, terrible. and it's an oven? You get in there, you got to put up the air conditioning, open all the windows, your sunroof, let all the hot air out. Well, the cool car device can do that for you while you're away from your car. So what it does, it's a device that fits on the edge of your window. Uh, there are a couple of rubber seals that go either side so that you can still maintain security of your car. The, the, there's no one can take the device off the car. But what it is, it's the solar panel outside the car powers two fans inside the car which vent out the hot air so it draws out the hot air it can recycle the air in an average size car every 90 seconds so that when you come back to your car the hot the hot air has been constantly being drawn out of the car so and I, i've written a review and tested it myself the car was noticeably cooler that they're guaranteeing at least 10 degrees cooler than a car without a cool car device on board. So no need then to to sweat it out or ratch up the ratchet up the air conditioning or wind down all the windows. The comfort level uh, is pretty decent if you've had the cool car working hard for you while you've been away. $129 and it's available through the coolcar.com.au site and I've linked it through Tech Guide. And importantly, for those that need the visual representation, there's some great photos at uh, techguide.com.au. All right, iCloud hacking and whatnot. We're worried about our photos. If you're taking nudie rooties, um, how do we keep them safe? <laughs> 
This is a an app called Discreet, and that's what it hopes to do for you. It keeps your photos discreet. Now, when it comes time for a couple's in intimate moments, they might want to take some photographs. What stops them is the 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 fear that the photos may fall into the wrong hands, that one of them may go off and show their mates, or one of them could uh, do a bit of revenge porn and share them online if they break up. That they're the things that are stopping people from going that that next step. Mm-hmm. Well, this new app called Discreet actually yes. can put an end to that. Uh, the app it's an iOS app only, so for iPhone or iPad. And what it requires is that both parties, so the two, the, the you and your partner, both have to enter a passcode to view the content, whether it's photos or video. So. No one can view them by themselves. No one can share No one. Hang on. Stop. I'm just going to be completely below the line here. But what you're suggesting is you've taken a heap of intimate photos with your partner, but you can't view them by yourself. No. Okay. I know that that's that's the reason why a lot of people do that, so they can view them by themselves. (laughs) But in this case, (laughs) where, (laughs) where the photos... Look, you know, there, there, is, there is, and look, we've seen it, mate. We've seen these photos come out in public. It's embarrassing for the people involved. Yeah. You know, people seeing these these private moments. They're supposed to be private moments that they've they've taken photographs of. Well, with discreet, <laughs> uh, it allows these photos and videos to stay private. And it's kind. Of, I'll describe it like a bit of a safety deposit box. You know, when you see you got your key and the bank's got a key, and you mm. both got to turn the key at the same time to yeah. open up the safety deposit box. Yeah. Well, you... discreet is kind of the same thing where you both have to enter a passcode mm. to view the content. One Just... of you can't do it. It's all in or nothing. Mm. It's a safety deposit box that requires both of you present to make a withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. I don't think we could ever top that. I really yeah. don't. Well, that is kind of is... like a bank account, mate. You know, whenever you when you pull out, you lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Um, we welcome your input onto the program on uh, Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. I get a feeling this week we may get a couple of tweets, uh, and we appreciate your support. If you do want to see um, more details about that app, it's called Discreet D I S C K R E T. And Stephen, I noticed you picked two things to minute review that have stupidly spelt names. Well done. Yes, I know. Yeah, well, no control over that. No, but yeah. uh, I'm sure that our listeners uh, enjoyed enjoyed what they, they can do for them. One can keep you cool and one can, can get you actually quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag on Twitter. You can follow me at Trevor Long. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Fennick with a PH. We'll be back again next week. Stephen, talk to you then. Yes, you will. See you on Saturday night at the soccer.